everyone, and welcome back to another one-on-one fireside chat. I am Alex O'Neill. One fifty percent of your fireside. One lo- one great log of a man. <laughs> and joining me, as always, my partner in podcast, Mr. Brian Nobson Jackson. Great log of a man. <laughs> log of a man. <laughs> We're both logs of men today. Uh, it's been a little bit since <clears throat> you and I sat together one-on-one. We had friends last time to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Um, but now it's just you and me, Nobishin. Clear away all the fat, all the all the chuff, all the extra stuff. We're here to talk about Final Fantasy VII. One of my favorite things to talk about in the world. Um, so I really don't know where this conversation is going to go, as many of our conversations go. But listeners, strap in. Um, if you don't know, we we host Rational Passions podcasts, and we do this thing one off where we we talk to each other one on one and talk about stuff. Go listen to the other versions of this and subscribe. Blah blah. All the housekeeping, it's done now. All that's done now. Now it's just you and me, and Cloud and Tifa. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do you want to start, man? Final Fantasy VII remake on the horizon. We're recording this on March tenth. Ten days, or ten days, uh, one month away from uh. Final oh, Fantasy right. VII you're, remake. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. You could we could we could say that that was on purpose. <laughs> we could tell people that on Mario Day of all days. <laughs> on Mario Day, <laughs> in the Great Console Wars, Cloud versus Mario. Uh, where do you want to start, man? I mean, this is like what? What? How are you even approaching this now? Like, um, like uh, I, I guess statement wise, or, <clears throat> or just in general. No, just that's an in general type of thing. Like, um, I guess we should say like up front. Like, um, I know I am. I I don't know how much you are, but like, like for me in general with Final Fantasy VII, like, um, uh, let me even dial back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Where I was like last year, um, like before it just got reannounced at that uh, state of play, like, yeah. um, like not necessarily. Well, well, I was I was very dramatic in 2019. Let's just say that. And then, like after Kingdom Hearts three, I was fucked up. And it was a fucked up year. All right, you and I, I get it totally. And like, um, like I was I was literally at the point it's like I don't even know what video games I'm looking forward to anymore. Like I don't even know what video games are for me anymore. Like sure, you found pl- hope again. I think yeah. is safe to say. <laughs> it, that's, that's literally what I said when I saw um the state of play again. Like it's something to look forward to. Something that I'm extremely excited about. And like um. I just can't wait to sink my teeth into. Um, that's that's how I was feeling when I first saw it, and like, um, and, and like I said, it, like I I feel now that like that was like a kind of a, a dramatic stance that I was at the time, but it was something I needed at the time, at the least, at the very least. And you like, had to hold um, on to some beacon of hope in the future. I understand. Yeah, and like, um, and it got to the point where it was like, um, uh, with Final Fantasy VII, it's like, you know, you know, it's like. I I I can't take criticism right now. <laughs> so like, it was like I understand, like I understand this game takes took over like five years to develop. I understand that like it's been to multiple parts. I, I understand that like anime can be weird and like um you know like how certain how certain portrayals can be, uh, especially like when Japanese developers try to adapt to like certain cultures or certain people or stuff like that. It can like, be I, problematic, you know? Yes. It, I understand all of that. And, and it, but it's like, it's kind of like how it was with Kingdom Hearts 3 and kind of how I'm not with Persona 5 at, at certain, at certain points. Like, mm-hmm. 
Or is this like I, I I can't I can't just deal with this right now? Like um like Persona Five I'm I'm open to now. Like we're we're past the point where I'm open to like any conversation you want to have about that's sure fine. Kingdom Hearts Three is like still freshman, especially with Remind, where it's like I can't really like talk to you talk to you about Re- the yeah, game. Re- Reminds where it's tough for me, where I'm like I just the thing is I feel like Remind connected with me even more so than it maybe even connected with you and a lot of other folks. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where like that even more than OG Kingdom Hearts Three. I like am like I just can't deal. I can't, I'm way too defend. This is too close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, um, I am like 100 percent with that with Final Fantasy VII right now, where it's like, I, I, like I could talk to you about this. I could talk to you about anything, but like, yeah. I just can't talk to like generally on Twitter how I feel. Or if I do, it's, it's 100 percent one way, and like, I don't, I don't need any of your input. Like, and it's yeah. like, and now I'm at the point now where it's like. I just kind of shut off everything. Like I don't need positive. I don't need positive. I don't need negative. I don't need anything from you. I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just need you this from myself. Words, you, you got a lot of words muted on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I just don't even worry about it. This, yeah, yeah, so totally. th- that's just like where I'm at right now with this game. But to be fair, there, there's like good forums for talking about that stuff and bad. I think we, we always have like a good conversation. Luckily, that's and it's it's for me as well. It's one of those things where I'm like, we'll, we'll talk through it, but like. So I think right now, to give you an overall vibe check on Final Fantasy VII Remake for me is, and I, I even just now getting ready to talk about this in this moment, thinking about it, uh, I think I get why I'm I'm not like dying over the moon. Like when I played that demo, I can't describe to you where I was at. <laughs> like I was so un unbelievably excited and like in the hype and then i stopped it ended and i was like fuck and i i had to like you had to like you know amputate that part of your brain and cut it off and throw it out of your body like exercise it from yourself like i'll come back to you later like Mm -hmm. because if i think about this it's all i'm gonna think about it's like it would be obsessive to me um so like certainly when i'm in it and when i play that final game i know i'm gonna love it and it's exact it's better than I could have hoped because in my head when they remade Final Fantasy 7 it was going to play the same so the fact that it plays more along the lines of a game that I want to play now is just even better um so like for sure it's like not it's poised to be maybe one of my favorite action games ever um so let alone you know remake and one of my favorite games of all time but the thing that I think the trepidation with me where I'm like I feel like I'm not all the way excited for it like when I'm kind of removed from playing it and living it and seeing stuff about it of like almost kind of like dreading it is because it still doesn't feel real to me. (laughs) Part of it is partly that, Mm -hmm. but more so because I know it's not the whole thing. It's not going to feel real to me until it's all done. Like in my head, a thing that keeps me up at night still like as of like two nights ago is that, this part will come out and Square will never finish it because it's too much work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that fear, that'll keep you up at night, man. <laughs> that'll fuck you up, like, right up. And we've talked about it so many times, or at least in passing, all, almost all of my favorite moments in that story do not take place in Midgar. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I would say maybe one or two of them do of, like, 30 or 40, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's tough. It, it's just reconciling, like this part will end and then I'll just be back where I was in like 2016 and just kind of be miserable again. 
if I think about it at all, or just I'll not think about it, and then it'll be like it's not real again, and then it's like I'm not getting the good parts or the bad parts. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's where I'm at. I think that's why I'm not as excited as I want to be, not as excited as you or other folks, because I have all of that fear and, and that concern in me. I'm going to play this first part. I'm going to love it. Um, and when it's over, I will be sad along with everyone else. Um, but it's just one of those things of until I see the scene where like you go to space with Sid or until I see the, the temple of the agents or until I see the golden saucer, like, I'm just not going to believe that they're happening at all. You know? Yeah. So like, um, this is kind of where I wanted to start at with, um, with you specifically, like, um, like like you said earlier, like I I just kinda shut you down as far as like ever actually having like a real discussion about like what this game actually is and have like a real thought piece of like how they're even doing this, how many parts will it even be, like like we haven't really talked about it. I don't know how far you even thought about it or got into other people, but like I, thought um, about it. I, I haven't talked about it with a lot of people, but I thought about it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. It's where do you want to start? Where does this game game end? I feel like that's I, I mean, like, like, I don't think it's pretty clear. Like, I, I, I swear to you, I, I, I can, I can almost see it in my mind's eye that that scene where it's like, um, that that shot, them. Yeah, yeah, all the, I, I'm, I'm swearing to you, that's the last scene of the game. Like, at least that's, a, I, I feel, I feel it in my bones that that's, that's the last scene of that game is going to be that maybe will show like. You know, go you going through in like in like an open space, and then like light shines blinds you, then like the credits roll or something like that. But like, I can't, I can't imagine it going past that part. Yeah, I like I, in my head because I've thought about it like a thousand different ways, and I think I generally agree with you. I think like I gave you my like super optimistic of like here's what they should do gameplay wise to end that game, of like basically give you a a little mini open world area that you can kind of run around with and just fight monsters ad infinitum and do, like, like bounty quests over and over again. Uh, and it's just the area outside of Midgar or whatever. Um, I think that would be cool just because it's something you can do forever or indefinitely, presumably. Um, it's good grinding. You could put, like, some extra bosses or secret bosses or something. In it. Like, the Midgar Zolum would be such a great, like, post-game final extra boss or something. Is that, um, is that the house or...? That's the uh, the big serpent. Okay, um, okay. That is like the next thing that you see. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um something like that, right? Where it's just like easily loopable, repeatable gameplay mm. that it's like, hey, this is what playing the next game is gonna feel and kinda look like. Um obviously it'll be different. They'll update certain things, I'm sure. Um but you know, you're not gonna be able to play that for a while, so here's a little taste that you can kinda easily repeat. Um but that won't happen for sure, absolutely. Uh so yeah, I, I like I, in my head. I always imagine like a very cute title sequence that is like maybe the group riding the back of a truck, and it's just like the titles playing with some licensed fucking track playing, and it's like all of them like sitting solemnly in the back of a truck or walking through the desert waste toward calm or something, uh, and it's like the credits playing as it's just a cutscene or something. I think uh-huh. that would be fine, um, and that would kind of set up where this end- and it. Like, maybe it ends with them getting to calm, and it's like a little post credit scene where Cloud's like, I think it's about time I told you what happened, and then it ends, right? Or something like that. Right? Mm. There, there's there's so many ways that they could leave out. Um, but it also seems like, just going off what they, they're showing from the remake so far, that a lot of the, 
the cloud flashback stuff is probably going to be integrated into this whole game. So that's like the first major thing that happens after you leave Midgar. So if that's being incorporated into this game, I don't know what else is. I don't know where this would end if it's going to be different, you know? I mean, so, it, that's the most ideal spot to end it, right? Would you, would, for or, sure. Yeah. Um, because then, you, you know, like, knowing the through line of this game, like, the goddamn back of my hand, right? Like, you do, uh, you catch the Chocobo, and you go to the Chocobo farm. After Calm, after you hear Cloud's story, you go through the Crystal Caves and, and kind of meet Elena uh, from the Turks for the first time. And I think mm. that's the first time you see Sang. As well, at least Aerith sees Sangs on the side. That's a good time to introduce again. Good if you're looking at that as the beginning of a second game, like that's good exposition and like, oh, we're introducing new characters, we're setting up a through line of the second game. Um, and then it goes to Junon, which is going to be huge. I think that's going to be a, a really big part of like the the Harbor City and and sneaking into the onto the ship and sneaking through the Rufus's. Uh, parade like if you think about the story of, of like where it leaves at the end of Midgar like it is a good like place for an exposition and rising action of another story of like another plot because mm-hmm. Rufus takes over and then you have kind of like new antagonists like if President Shinra is going to be the bad guy of Final Fantasy 7 Midgar then Rufus would make sense for the bad guy of the second part right and and Genova and Sephiroth obviously and then you get the ship where they're all on the ship you meet Yuffie somewhere in the middle there and uh there's from once you get across the sea and and play things out like it's like Gold Saucer then Sid then Nibelheim then or Nibelheim then Sid and then uh kind of like the the end of of disc one which is uh Aerith's everything that happens with Aerith. So, uh, real quick, are they gonna put tower defense in this game? Or the next Ooh, game? Yeah, I, the, the, the I literally game? just thought about that when you just when you talked about the no. caves. <laughs> no, I don't think there's any way. You know, they might because like they're doing the squats and everything. So, mm. um, anything that gets in the way of part two coming out sooner, like I'm cool with <laughs> them maybe condensing. But the 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 trick with the tower defense thing is you can just have the enemies reach the end of the tower defense and then you just fight like kind of a, a pushover boss fight mm-hmm. and win anyway. So uh, I would see them. I could see them doing like a, a kingdom hearts, like thousand heartless battle maybe where it's like you're taking on onslaughts of, of enemies and troops and stuff. And, and I think that would be cool. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a different way to do it in like the modern combat. But yeah, I, if you're wondering like where I think part two ends, I think part two ends um, when spoilers for anyone who doesn't know, although I don't know <laughs> who those people are that are listening to this. I think part two ends with uh cloud giving the black materia to Sephiroth and falling into the live stream, uh, which is basically like, it feels like a very strong ending of a story, right? Like a very good cliffhanger. Mm. Um, so not like I, ending where Aerith dies is a mistake. I think no. um, that's the end of disc one. So I think a lot of people think that that would be where this would end. Um, but I think a little bit further where you go through the snow and cloud gives the black material to Sephiroth and then they all get separated again and, and Tifa and Barrett are, are locked up. Cause then the third game starts with you breaking out of Shinra HQ at Junon, the weapons coming. And it's like, that is a great place to like, if, 
the second game is an open world game and then the third game is also an open world game it's a great way to be like oh the world is totally different now because the weapons are rampaging across the planet right mm-hmm. so suddenly there are bigger stakes the world is more dangerous and you're fighting more dangerous enemies you know uh, there's a a lot of great mechanical things that would make sense and then i think after that it's just that that third game is just the end of the story so i i think it'll be three parts so uh kind of backing on um, what i um sent to you a few days ago with um easy allies talking about like um this like how is the open world like how do you even think they're even going to do that because like like the only thing i can like actually kind of think of but i don't have like the, the information about it really when um because i never got that far in this game but so uh, final fantasy 13 like um i think yeah. that would probably be like the best way of doing it like i've seen pictures i've seen like it in action but like i don't i don't see them doing this as big as like well let's let's let me clarify that like i think if they did it like exactly like final fantasy 15 for example i think that's almost too small for as much as like where they want to go and want to do as far as like um what that game is sure but i think you would just do kind of like one more area of what 15 does and i think you'd be fine honestly i I, like i see it working out a lot like how final fantasy 15's world does except there are different areas that you can fast travel to like basically regions that you fast travel between um so like you know that first region is the outside of midgar and then it like without a loading screen or transition naturally transitions into an open field where you can see the the big lake where the midgar zolem is patrolling and the chocobo farm and calm right like and that doesn't have to be that big and they i it'll be condensed um but it'll it'll still be like an a continuous open world it won't be like a top-down map like old school jrpg map like the original seven was i think mm. there's no way that'll happen mm-hmm. because even though i like that i guess all video game developers don't like it anymore because it's not a thing anymore except in nino kuni 2 um which wasn't a very good game so i just can't win <laughs> um but then like you'll have like a dungeon like you know i think of the crystal caverns between where the midgar zolom is and then the other section of the world where junon harbor is and the the tower the the condor tower and stuff are um and like that's all that's there <laughs> you know like that's all the only two visible places in that part of the map on the, that part of the continent mm-hmm. so you just go to a dungeon and then it transitions to a loading screen and then you're in that crystal caverns dungeon and then you leave that dungeon and then you're in another condensed open world area you know and they make the places smaller but you can see the other parts of the map that were in seven in the background um my question is like what's it going to look like once you get the high wind um because then can you just kind of go anywhere is it going to feel like you're in a big world because mm-hmm. because 15 when once you get the flying regalia it does kind of feel like that um so and you can go places that you couldn't go before once you can fly so yeah, I don't know. It's it's the stuff. I imagine you won't be flying over the sea and going to different continents. You'll just be kind of selecting those from fast travel points. But once you get to those areas, you know you're, you're kind of free roaming um, from a normal open world perspective. But then, like, I have so many questions. Like, how the fuck does the submarine work? Is there going to be the submarine Ooh. section? Is Emerald Weapon going to be fucking just hanging out underwater, and can you kind of freely go up and down underwater? Is that going to be condensed? Is Do you drive a submarine still? 
Like, will you be, will you be, will you even be able to see like um weapon when it goes to um try to go to the Midgard? Like, will you be able to see them from a distance and like try to actually go there? Cause you know yeah, are you gonna run up be? on Diamond Weapon like you do in the game yeah. when it tries to attack Midgard? Because if you do, I think that would be amazing. Mm. And luckily, that's probably again not till the third game for them to have to figure that out. Is are they going to reimagine when Sapphire Weapon attacks Chunon Harbor and gets its head blown off? Like, is that going to be a see? Fight? It's stuff like this where it's like, I understand why it's like we don't want to do this. Like this, this is going to be, you <laughs> know, like I said, like I said, like, this is why this scene, this game seems like it feels like impossible, not, not impossible, yeah. but like, but it's such an such an endeavor and so much has to be into it. Like if you're doing that much with Midgar, and, like, yeah, exactly. If, if you look you, at Midgar as a standard, you know, mm-hmm. and like try to do that for everything else, and it's like. That's 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 a lot. That's a yeah, you lot. You gotta make cuts. Yeah, but but like the 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 thinnest smart cuts, right? If they get rid of the the submarine or make that like just an on rails part, like that's fine. I think that makes sense contextually for what they're doing. Um, if they, because you know this first game is gonna be super linear, so if we just imagine that the other two games are are relatively linear, but they have open world sections where you can just run around, fight monsters, and maybe do some side quests, and then maybe there are some secrets to find, or you can backtrack or fast travel to those areas and find other secrets once you progress further in the story, which is how Final Fantasy VII worked before, but just, again, remodernize it in a, in the way that fifteen is remodernized. I think it could totally work fine, mm-hmm. um, and you'd get rid of a lot of stuff, but, like, what are the things that you have to preserve? Like, yeah, Ruby Weapon and Emerald Weapon probably still have to be in there. You probably don't have to. We don't have to turn Diamond Weapon into a fight. That can just be a very cool, or not Diamond uh, Sapphire Weapon that attacks Junon. That doesn't have to be a fight all of a sudden. Even though I bet they they considered that, it's like that can still just be a cutscene, and maybe it's a thing that is just happening in the background while you're running through Junon Harbor. It's like more actiony than you're running through Junon Harbor. Then the whole game stops and you watch a cutscene of Sapphire getting attacked. Like if they just had that as an happening in the background and you have to avoid big monster attacks and stuff like that mm-hmm. that could i think that equates to a similar set piece as like the leviathan fight in final fantasy 15 in that like a lot's going on but really you're just kind of focused on more on the ground level stuff right so like th- they could make these things work it is just going to be a little bit more linear and restricted than it was before and i think that's fine like I get worried, but I, I, it's more of like a, you can, you don't have to make this some big playable thing, like literally everything they're doing with Midgar, you can like have these moments just be moments that are, are kind of recreated. Um, as long as the combat is still there, as long as they evolve the combat as the games go on, as long as they're thinking about how you're playing these games every step of the way, I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like, how are they going to... Like, my concerns are like, what is this scene going to look like? How are you going to find Yuffie in this remake, right? Like, right. which I... Again, we won't know for a while. But, like, Yuffie's great because it's just, like, a random battle that you fall into and then you have to kind of answer her questions smartly. And then how are they going to incorporate Wutai and that, like, whole side mission thing? Are they going to incorporate that into the main story? I mean, like, I, I can't see them making, like, Yuffie and Vincent optional this time around. No, they got to be mandatory, which is fine. Um, but you know, like that means the introduction to Yuffie and Vincent is going to be like way more in your face. And I just, I want to know what that looks like. Mm. Um, but I'm super excited. Like 
the, the, there are things that I think are going to translate so well to it is, is the problem. Like, the Shinra Mansion and everything that happens in Nibelheim, I think is going to be fucking top, top to bottom stellar in mm-hmm. the remake. Like, just going into Nibelheim for the first time, people not recognizing Cloud and him kind of not knowing what the fuck is going on. Why are there all these people in black cloaks? Why do people pretend like the fire that happened 10 years ago or five years ago didn't happen? Going through the Shinra mansion, discovering the secrets, opening the safe and finding new puzzles to do that. Finding Vincent in the basement, re-seeing the Sephiroth scenes, probably integrate the Zack scenes more directly into that moment in the story. Like, all that stuff is gonna it will translate so naturally and be great, but like you know, I'm just sitting here like, how are they gonna? How am I gonna walk around the world? Am I gonna get the Dougie, <laughs> the buggy that drives over sand? <laughs> like, am I gonna get that? Uh, am I gonna be able to ride the buggy back through uh, Costa Libra, Libra or whatever the <laughs> Costa del Sol, whatever the the tropical town is? Take it on the boat back to Junon Harbor. Ride the buggy to that secret cave, and have a number of random battles that ends in an even number. And talk to the guy in the cave to get Aerith's final limit break or whatever. Is that still going to be in the game? Uh, and if so, how am I going to be able to do any of that? Um, yeah, he, so yeah. You raise up a, a good question because it's like, uh, like, like essentially your your um your loyalty missions for um Final Fantasy Seven. It's like how how far off the beaten path that you go through when uh, the next game actually comes out and like um mm-hmm. like it's all about like just how open it will be like like i just it makes me just wonder about that because like um you know like with final fantasy 15 like um uh the reason i loved that game um was just because of like i like i just got into just like the gameplay loop of like just doing my missions and like just doing that and that was that was the, the thing that i loved the most about that game and like um just a general loop of the, the gameplay and like doing missions and like um this uh going into that open world just exploring and just doing all that i love that game for that and it's when when it incorporated the linear sections to it um i felt like um kind of like brought that game down a lot for me mm-hmm. um so i'm just curious it's like um cause I, cause I, i'm sure it'll knock it out of the park because they have a template to go off of on this one so like yeah. i'm not i'm not too concerned about that it's more of like um how that will get like integrated and like would it be similar to like something like the witcher as far as like what you can do and what you can't do or um or is it like i should say more seamless like the witcher i should say and like um like everything just everything seems important everything is just there and it's like you spend 100 hours just doing just this side stuff if you want to yeah i mean the the nice thing about final fantasy 7 is like everyone's quote-unquote loyalty mission is pretty much integrated into the story except for yuffie and vincent mm-hmm um, which makes sense, but like you know, Tifa is when she's like the party leader and saves Cloud. Uh, Cloud is like what all the stuff that happens to him. You know, Barrett is like when you go to the Golden Saucer. By the course of the events that happen, you meet Dine and all that. Uh, which I'm again, that's another thing that I think is going to translate perfectly to the remake of like going to the Golden Saucer, seeing everyone that got shot with uh, someone with a gun arm, right, and then going down to the the coal mining town, all of that I think is going to be perfect in the remake. And the best part is, like, I would bet that will be a section where you get to play as Barrett as the lead character for a long amount of time, and then, you know, like, everything that happens with Red 13 in Cosmo Canyon, like, another thing that I think will translate beautifully to the remake, and and I'm super excited. Like, uh, what's his name? Real quick, real quick. Is, yeah. is, is Sephiroth might be playable for that one dream sequence? 
I goddamn hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. I would bet maybe not, um, but I really hope so because that okay. would be fun. All right. Sorry. You can... <laughs> uh, no, that's a good question. I've, I've been thinking about that too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think like Kate Sith and all of them like. I'm like I want to know what Kate Ooh. Sith looks and sound like. Yeah, that's, you know? like that's, that's the question, dude. <laughs> yeah, like the, it's good that we've seen Red Thirteen. So I like I know that he's just gonna be around and and all weird and shit. So like that's exciting. But uh, yeah, I I want to know what Kate Sith looks like. I want to know what Vincent's limit breaks, how they function, uh, when he transforms and stuff. Like, I have so many questions. But it, I'm not like the thing is I'm not stressed. I'm not worried that they're gonna fuck it up. Uh, luckily, because obviously this first part looks so good, I'm just worried about like the concessions that they will have to make to make this a functional video game, you know? Mm. Uh, which it seems like they don't want to make many, and I, I worry that that is what will make prolong this even more. Um, but yeah, what about you? I, I'm just gabbing here. Where do you think no. that is? Where the where do you think the second game will end? Do you think it'll be? Where I, right around where I think it'll be. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, like I, I do, I do feel like I'm ending with Aerith. I it would be a mistake because, like, uh, I think what really makes that work or, or makes that more impactful is like um the lingering afterwards, um, yeah. and like really just feeling that, like just feeling that that moment that loss and like, um, like I raised you up to like level sixty or something like that, and now you're gone forever. It's like this, like just something that, uh. Not, not not that it's unexpected because you know, even when I played it the um the the first time all the way through like um you know you see it coming but like that's because I knew obviously it's not it's not something that the game really projects they, they, they foreshadow real... it pretty heavily though yeah, but... <laughs> like that dream sequence when Aerith is like going between the trees like I'm gonna be fine don't worry about me clown <laughs> and they're like you are just that. fucking trying to break my heart right now mm. yeah. No, totally. And I, the thing is, I, the part I love about that, too, uh, is, like, obviously the moment where Cloud kind of returns Aerith to the live stream. Um, but it's not the f- last loss in a row that they face, right? Because right after that, you know, they work so hard to get the Black Materia. Aerith leaves, and then she's gone. Um, they're in the Temple of the Ancients. Great music. Extremely excited to hear how that's adapted uh, with the, the new score. Um, but then they, they climb the mountain to try and get to Sephiroth in the impact crater and then Mm. cloud gives him the black material, right? Like, and then, but on top of that, we learn everything that happened to cloud finally and like how fucked up he is. And then cloud's gone and presume like in that moment, like you don't know if cloud's dead or not. Mm -hmm. Um, so it feels like you lose Aerith and then cloud loses himself right afterwards. And it's so powerful because when Tifa wakes up, in the the in Junon, and it's like, hey, we're gonna make you a martyr. Basically, we're gonna publicly execute you. But like, hey, meteors coming. The weapons are ravaging this whole planet. Cloud's probably dead, and Aerith's dead. Like you, you are at the absolute lowest low you could possibly be when you embark on the third act of that game. And it's like it makes the stakes feel so 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 real. Um, like I if if 
they are reimagining this because like when you play the game now it's like okay you know it's an rpg i'm just gonna keep going where i'm going and you get the high wind and you're all excited because you finally have a fucking airship um <laughs> so like i think it doesn't work as well but if you i'm talking about like a serious grounded remake like and and all the character that they're trying to pour into Tifa, like seeing her wake up and be like, everyone, like Cloud's dead, Eris dead, everyone's gone, and I don't, and I'm about to be executed on television. Like, it's really, really real, and I, I want to be able to have that same intensity, if not more, in the remake. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think ending it where Cloud gives Sephiroth the Black Materia is like the best because you, it is like it makes that game that second game the dark middle chapter right it becomes its own like empire strikes back basically um of that story and i think that would be really effective uh do you do you think it'll be like maybe four parts then if that's the case no i think it'll be three okay just four would be too much like i don't even know what you would do with that fourth part but like (laughs) you're you're gonna have to rush through some stuff and there there's I think the thing is like you would you're gonna wanna rush through the stuff that happens right after Midgar. Um, because that's the stuff that matters the least. Mm. Uh, and and that's why it's good to have that as like just the exposition of like re getting to know everyone of the second game. Uh, because that's that makes the most sense mechanically. Mm. How are you feeling about it just like seeing it really in front of your face with the the demo that came out, like quantifying and and qualifying like what they're doing like how do you feel do you think they're doing too much are they doing too little is it just right oh that's a weird question like um it it feels like um it's kind of it kind of feels like a like a little bit different like i guess king mars is the only thing i could compare to now but like um i compare anything to but like um we're like kingdom hearts Three was like like I said before. It's a, it's a game that like met my expectations, um, then really ex- ex- exceeded them um, as far as like uh, what he did with it, um, and I loved it because of that. Like um, like there wasn't too many surprises in that game um, as far as like uh, uh, the things that you could do and, and like um, like as far as like gameplay wise and like um, you know there's like general. Um, general beats of a video game type of thing mm-hmm. um but it just like, feels so good feels yeah but so it feels weird. so good the entire time and like um character moments like they coming to fully wrapped up stuff like that that that's all the stuff i wanted so like i was good as far as that um final fantasy 7 feels like um for a remake it feels like um it, it does feel like it's going above and beyond um what i even really expected um yeah. and like um it's the stuff that like um that I feel like they're just nailing like so hard, like to a point where it's like, oh, I didn't even know you could do it this good. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, like I thought you, could, I thought you would do it good, but not this good. Like the whole um, cross dressing thing for the at least from the trailer, at least. Like, um, yeah, I love like, how they reimagined it. Yeah, like I thought they would do it good, but I didn't think it'd be that good. And like that, yeah. that type of thing, where it's like you see fireworks everywhere, and this androgynous man is just like not played for for fun but like this like like clearly androgynous and like um like it's like oh man i love this character like i just i just want to see these two interact that that type of thing yeah i want to meet I, this dude like, yeah i just, just, like... just want to hear him talk i want to hear him just say a <laughs> sentence and like that'd be my everything for, yeah, for that moment exactly, type totally. of thing 
But like integrating it with like it looks like again going off just what we've seen integrating it with the honeybee inn, which was like where you went to get part of the the whole setup. Um, but like having you show up there, he's like, "Oh, you want to look beautiful? Like, oh, I can handle this." Mm-hmm. But like, presumably there will still be that kind of gradation because you still have the squatting mini game, you still have the things that you'll probably have to get, so you still have Market Street that you'll be able to walk around in. So yeah, it's just it's that that's a great example of like modernizing something and making it fun, like keeping it fun because it was just so fun before. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't a thing that they did dirty or made you want to overthink it of like, are they, is this problematic? Uh, it was a thing that was like, we just got to do this and we're going to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like them kind of keeping that same weirdness, like that's the thing about the demo of like, yeah, yeah this is still fucking weird. <laughs> you know, like it still has that, that heart, that weird heart to it. Uh, of like you know for me part of that is Barrett being kind of over the top it is Cloud being like too fucking cool for school but like also not really knowing how to talk to people because he's secretly broken as a character right Mm -hmm. like all those little things it's like yeah they're they totally get it you know Uh, they get who these characters are supposed to look and feel like that's why I'm so excited to see more Tifa because I just love Tifa so fucking much uh, and I want to see her be cool. Like I want to, I want to see her not just be motherly, but like be a badass and just mm-hmm. wreck shop. Because that is the two sides of Tifa. She's one part badass, one part like mom goals. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I need more of that too. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. for for Tifa in general, like um, like. I, I'm sorry, I keep comparing everything to fucking Kingdom Hearts Two, but no, like um, you're you're in good company. But this. like um, <laughs> like that scene in Kingdom Hearts Two when uh, she showed up, um, and like just like had all that personality to showing up. It's like hey, I'm looking for Cloud. You haven't seen this guy? And, like no, and then she punches the wall. And it's like okay, and then this leaves. <laughs> and it's like when I played Final Fantasy Seven, like um, like I got some of that, but I, I don't think I got enough of that, or at least I didn't get like the the amount, or maybe it's just been so long, I, I just can't remember. Um, like Tifa standing out in that type of way, or at least I, I just is like I just can't remember honestly. Like, yeah, she has her her moments are way more subdued, and I, again they they kind of play her as like really soft and concerned a lot. Um, but then you'll get the very rare moment where she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna kick your ass" or whatever. Like, and it's like it seems like they're they're giving giving it a little bit more fifty fifty love in the remake versus like. You know, seventy percent mom, thirty percent like badass. Mm. Um, and like to be fair, that's kind of her role as a group, and and it, she's a little typecasted into that of like kind of being the care caregiver of everyone, and and she's always like super super worried about Cloud. So like, I think readapting that to be again just more modern. Like, how would how would this person actually talk to someone they were worried about, but wasn't very forthcoming about their feelings? Mm-hmm. Like, probably a little bit more subtly, and it would be more of like a lot of her looking at cloud and scenes or whatever, or like kind of just knowing what's actually going on and that being written on her face, but she's not necessarily saying that like, that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's plenty of room for that. The, the thing I also, I'm excited about too, just like, I love the banter between cloud and Barrett. Like, and the thing is like, they have such a fleshed out relationship by the end of that game. Like they, they grow together as friends so well. Uh, because they're they're such foils of each other, they're so opposite. Um, 
and I want to see more of that with the other character. Like, I want to see Aerith and Tifa talking, right? I want to see... Oh, man. I want to see Barrett and Aerith talking, because Aerith mm. saves Marlene, and, and they're obviously very close, you know? Like, that's the stuff I'm I'm living for. <laughs> that, that that might be the best part of part one for me, is hearing uh, Aerith and Tifa talking to each other. Yeah, because you know they're going to gab all the time, and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just seeing, like... The, the very little bit of the, the cross-dressing scene of like, oh, you look great. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the two of them kind of ganging up against Cloud. But again, that's rewritten, right? Like, because Tifa was already at Corneo's mansion when Aerith and Cloud went in. And now Tifa is going to be kind of with the group sneaking mm-hmm. in together. So that's we just get more Aerith and Tifa from that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you're worried about? Um, are you are you worried about how, like when it's going to end, or are you just kind of trying to be along for the ride? I, I'm along for the ride, one like 100. Like that's more of me just not thinking about it type of thing, and I'm still in that mode, even though I'm trying to like be outwardly spoken right now. But like it is just like I'll take it. I'll take it. What you, I'll take what you give me. Um, and like for on all honesty, like take your time for the next part. I I don't really totally. care. Totally. You know, just like yeah. just make sure you just nail it. That's all I care about is nailing shit. And, not really so much about like um how soon something comes out. The um, thing is, if if they nail it in part two, like part three will be that much easier to make because they'll have made the open world at that point, and uh-huh. they you don't need to like hold, totally redo it for a third part. If it's one of those like Final Fantasy thirteen and thirteen two where you see a lot of the same areas or something, or Tales of Zillia, Tales of Zillia two, I think that's okay for for this kind of game. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll rebundle it as a complete edition after it's all out? Almost the like, 200, 200 gigabyte download or whatever. <laughs> it's going to be crazy huge. Yeah. Um, like, the only thing, like, um, the only concern that I really have that's not really pertaining to me, but, like, pertaining to, like, um, people in the long one, long one with this game, for, like, um, it's the material system. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be as broken as the old game was. Or, or like, is it going to be broken? In, it, like, broken in a way where it's, like, like I, I, I'm just, I'm just curious at like how expansive they'll be able to go with it because like I, I think that's a lot of that's part of the charm of like what people liked about Final Fantasy VII. Like I said, is that this is not really a me concern. This is more of like a, a reception for, for what other people will have. Like eventually, it's like, well, I can't do this this one hit kill thing that I've, I've always done in playing the OG Final Fantasy VII, and now I'm playing this one, and like I do the same thing, but it's like it only takes like maybe like a third of its health, so that's lame type of thing. I don't, I don't know. I hope not. I, I feel like the people that kind of latch onto that are lame. <laughs> like, for, like not to be a dick about it. It's just like you know they're they're reimagining the combat from the ground up, right? This is a totally different battle system. And hearing about like so, there's like a materia, I guess, that lets you uh, basically counter guard, right? Like if you guard an attack, you can counter out of it. And it's like okay, that's different. <laughs> like, like that is like totally different than anything that would have made sense in a ATB system that is part of an action system. So I'm hoping that there's just more materia that like essentially gives you new moves, like a materia that lets you jump, for example, like that could be cool. Um, or a materia that lets you do different types of attacks. Um, like in the original FF seven, there was like two time slash where you could attack once with a, or twice with a single attack. And then once you up- leveled that up, it became four times slash and you attack four times with any single attack that you do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a clean way to integrate that into 
remake, but instead of that materia, you could have like a like double hitter or like a different it changes your primary attack to something else or this or that. And like I also think uh in original FF7 the materia slots were always a maximum of 2, but being able to have a weapon with a 3 connected slot where it's like, oh, I could have two blue materia and one magic materia on here so I could have uh HP drain and all attached to uh, like fire or something so I could cast fire on all or I could like drain HP from fire enemies or something like mm-hmm. being able to create like tr- trio combinations instead of just being limited to duo combinations of materia that's another way that you could just like subtly change the system that would create a groundwork for totally new combinations and and obviously there's going to be a lot of new materia and stuff like I love the materia system so much that I'm so just I'm happy that they're keeping it the way that they had it before but like just adding a ton of new materia it seems to to make it more interesting so okay i think i think there's there's plenty of, I, again if, if you're upset because you can't break a system in a game like you could in the original i think that they, you're missing the whole point <laughs> um but maybe that's just me mm. and, and i think there will still be stuff that you can break like what does knights of the round look like in Final Fantasy VII Remake. How right. do you get it? Do you have to breed Chocobos in Final Fantasy VII Remake? Is that a thing that you'll be able to do? Is there still Chocobo racing? What does the Golden Saucer look like? Again, like, all of this... I have to actively not think about these things, Nabashin, because if I do, I go crazy. Like, the Golden Saucer in general, like, just thinking about, like... That's, like... That's gonna be, like... That's gonna be like Nintendo Land more or less, like a yeah. whole video game <laughs> inside a game. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be a weird, weird thing. If you buy the lifetime pass to the Golden Saucer in Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, does that carry over to Remake Part Three? Does anything carry over from Part One to Part Two to Part Three? You know, is materia levels? Is there like a level cap that I will then pick up from at the end of this. Presumably not, right? You're probably going to start from level one or level five or something from part two again. So like what was the max level will be 99 in the first game. And I, my bet right now is 50 will be the max level in the first game, mm. uh, which seems good. I don't think you have to do. And then it'll just reset. It's almost like it would, why even have levels in the game in a way. Yeah, but, I mean it's still an RPG, obviously, but like yeah, you got to tie stats to something. I think that's that mm-hmm. is it. But you're not right, wrong. Like I'm curious. Like, do you get new abilities at certain level thresholds, or after doing a certain thing a certain number of times? Um, because so like when I the two demos that I played, Nabashin, there was um in the the PAX demo, just the boss fight demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Cloud had an extra move that he didn't have in the public demo, which is called uh, Triple Slash, uh, which was a really cool ability where he just did three back-to-back really heavy attacks. Um, and the cool thing is you could like do one on one enemy and then two on another. So, like You could go to another enemy between slashes. He'll like move around a little bit. Um, but do I unlock that at like level 10, or do I lock, unlock that from doing Braver 10 times, or, you know, there's precedent for both things. I just want to kind of know, but that's I'll have an answer to that pretty soon. All right. It does. It, I will say it looks like they are. If you look at the menus in the demo in either of them, it looks like they are keeping limit break levels. So there will be a one limit break and then a second limit break you get per level, and then you'll go to like level two limit breaks and this and that, and then level three or presumably level three and four. 
Let me ask you this. What do you want carried over? Do you want all of your moves to be carried over? I mean, you assume, obviously, you would, but, like, um, like, what, w- what, what comes, what, 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 what should be, like, on day one of part two, like, what do you expect to be there? Or what would you want to be? I, w- to be I, w- I want probably a handful of the lowest level moves there, uh, the important ones, and I want them to essentially rework or retool the combat to be more appropriate for open world. So mm-hmm. I, I, I want part two to have a jump button, and I'm okay with part one not having a jump button. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. If it's the same, I'm cool with that also, but if they're going to take the opportunity to update some stuff or take abilities away from you just to get them again, I would say like probably a revamped list of abilities, um, like some of the better old ones and a lot of new ones. Um, maybe start with new limit breaks or something or change limit breaks. Um, and, and maybe like change how the combat feels a little bit. Like you can jump now, you can double jump. There will be traversal materia or abilities that you'll get. Like you'll get a double jump as you progress through the game or something. Like <laughs> Dude, the more I think about this, it, like, cause like, I'm, I'm really realizing I really haven't thought about like any of this. And so, like, <laughs> I have thought about nothing but this. So please. So, so like, like it's breaking my brain. Like, like how different the next part has to be like it literally it has to be, very ha- it has to be completely different because like midgard but is such a corridor type of uh combat it's a line- linear thing right and yeah. it makes sense to be the way it is in midgard but it makes it it makes equally as much sense to open it up a little bit when you get out of there but mm. the thing is i think that's exciting because that's honestly one of the things i'm kind of thankful for of like okay they'll be able to listen and hear what people think about the combat system that they're reintroducing or basically inventing with ff7 um remake part one and they'll be able to take that feedback into part two and i think they will like i don't i I think that's the benefit of being able to split this game into multiple parts is like okay we can like act on what people liked and didn't like from the first part and Mm. i think that's great like the best part about this combat system is that i think it's easily already one of my favorite action RPG combat systems, and it's only going to get better over the course of five to seven years or whatever. Uh, we'll be by part three or whatever, we'll have been able to refine this combat system into essentially its perfect form. Mm-hmm. And then when, when we get to that, when I get to that moment, Nabishin, the moment I've dreamed about where Cloud jumps back into the live stream and faces Sephiroth one-on-one in the very last moments of Final Fantasy VII, when we get there, it's going to feel like the greatest fight in the fucking world like it always was meant to be. Like, I, I've dreamed about it my whole life, basically. Of like When I first saw that as a kid, I can't fucking tell you of like, oh, it's just blackness these two swordsmen one-on-one this is the final fight and they give you omni slash just for that fight just to fucking send him packing oh it's like yeah i want to get there and like have it be like this is real deal final fight sephiroth it is the he is on top of his game and like this is the strongest cloud has ever been and it's the two of them finally finishing the fight like if if we can get there where like the combat has evolved to the point where it's like the most satisfying action RPG combat or whatever and you get that fight, like I will be I will be in tears. I'll be weeping. So are uh, we just like hitting ankles the entire time? We fight against like weapon and Sephiroth's <laughs> final form? Like I'm just I'm saying you gotta jump to hit weapon. <laughs> That's a good question. How do you like, fight? How high? Weapon? The weapon is so big. That's the thing, like Here's a way that you do the weapon fight and remake, right? Let's say weapon gets to Midgar 
and you're like on top of the city streets and he's blasting through the plates and you're hitting parts of them off or running to like little Shinra weapon stations and shooting like cannons at weapon to try and slow him down or something like there's so many ways you could easily make that like a very cool interactive 3d battle uh in an action game so Mm -hmm. i i think that like even if they just do what i just said i think that would be fucking stellar (laughs) like i would be blown i'd be like because it would be such a spectacle like let's say you're you're going back to midgar for the first time since you left and you're in midgar with like maybe people on the streets like fighting back against diamond weapon that's crushing through the walls of Midgar, like it could be so cool. Um, it would be very different, but that would be such a fun way to adapt that moment to 3D to an action game. So I think mm. it'll be fine. Uh-oh. But like Emerald Weapon and Ruby Weapon, like those optional boss fights, which they have to do, they can't just cut them out. Like I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you inform me? Um. Because I honestly don't know. Um, how was uh, Final Fantasy XIII's open world? And, like, do you see it being like that? I mean, I, I, know, I, know, I know we already said, like, it's probably more like 15, but, like, like for some reason, I'm feeling, like, the way, like, how Final Fantasy thirteen this game is, like, it'll be somewhere similar to that for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I like, the thing is, I, I guess I consider them pretty different just because of how this one plays versus how thirteen played. Sure. Um, but I guess they, they do have, like, the auto-jumps and the, the hallway-ness to it. But, um, it, thirteen it, it's tough. Like, I think the biggest thing is, like, it was 2009, so it just had a very different kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But it was like you're kind of going through like a relatively linear path, and then you would hit like these big open areas. Um, In the Grand open Pulse. world part. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! But like, but be- between those areas were like little shanty towns, or like there, you would go like through a specific environment that had a bit of a backstory. So like the one I remember the most was I think like this big like mining area that was between like the two huge open areas uh and it's very long uh and you go through like this this kind of mining town and you have to open doors and then i think you go down to like by the riverside and that's when like hope fights alexander and then you go back up uh and you go through like another kind of mining area and then onto like a bigger cliff face area and then you go up to the top of this cliff and fight bartandalus and then you're back on uh, cocoon so it, it's pretty short i mean it takes like two and a half hours to get through that that whole section two and a half hours three hours See, I, I had no idea like i thought i've always thought that like when they said like you get the open world parts and it was like you know 20 hours in or stuff like that i thought it was actually because i've always seen the screenshot of like her um lightning in front of like an open field so i was like oh like, so i guess they're just opening up at this part or something it's there and like so like you know you're in this huge area and there's like five dungeons that you can kind of go to or whatever mm-hmm. but the thing is like when you get there the first time you can't really do any of that like you you're just kind of still progressing through the story. And then you go to the end of the game on Cocoon again. And once you're at the end of Cocoon, you get like these time travel portals that will take you back down to Grand Pulse. Sure. Um, and then you get dumped out there back in those time travel portal area after you beat the game and the, the whole level crystals open up. So then you can go as a post game, go back to the Grand Pulse and just walk around and do those optional dungeons. Mm. And they're fun. I think, I think there are cool stuff in there. Uh, and there's really cool enemies that you can fight, but it is 
it still very very much largely feels on rails. Like everything that is relevant to what you can do in that moment is like going forward. So I don't think it. I, that's why I, I think it'll be more like fifteen, where sure. it is. It okay. is like you can kind of just dig around the world, and then there are like little station gas stations or like you know chocobo farms, whatever they're going to end up being, where you can go get chocobos or this or that. I'm like curious if you know when you leave. Midgar, are you going to take the bike with you, take the truck with you? Um, are you going to be able to drive around that world just to kind of get around it faster? Because if it is big, it's getting around, it's going to be a lot slower. Yeah, you can't just run around the entire time. <laughs> but, I mean, you get the buggy along the way in the story. Like, you do get a car. But so it takes I, a I, while, though. Yeah, that's like, that is like, into part two, it would be like a third of the way through that, probably. So, mm. Um, that would make sense though for like you're in an open world and you're running around with your pals and you're going from point A to point B and then eventually you'll get a car and you can kind of more freely explore and, and, and check out some cooler stuff um, but like you know it, it, there's a lot of questions on how that will function and, and like I, I'm curious once you get all f- like the four party memories of part one like do you switch character switch your party out through a menu do you will you be able to do that? Will it be kind of like how it was in OG Final Fantasy VII, where like basically your party is always kind of predetermined for you because it's not until you get into the open world that you get the PHS and and you can switch out your party. So I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see in that game, right? Because there'll be Barrier, at least Earth, Tifa, and there's five Turkey. characters at least. So yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's a. It's. A lot to think about. Anything else you, you got ranking around that noggin? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, is it- I like, I'm not worried. Is the thing like I, I genuinely think like I, I, I am worried just in the amount of time that this is going to take and how they're going to go about doing things. But like playing what I've played of this game, I know that they're going to do it right and and they're going to take the time that they need to do it right. I mean, like. Imagine this game coming out as the Cyber Connect game that it was, you know? Like, imagine how many bridges they would have burned, dude. Mm. <laughs> like, they made they made the right call of bringing it in-house again and, and doing painstakingly amounts of time and detail into it. Like, it'll pay off. It'll make Final Fantasy VII relevant again. It'll be living a living game, not necessarily by choice, but, like, in the fact that there are multiple of them that will come out over time. So that way people will be anticipating Final Fantasy VII again, be living in the narrative of that for extended periods of time, years, um, and we kind of get to get be excited all over again. I just don't want them to see how much work that this was and be like, we just can't do this again. <laughs> like, I don't want mm. that, that to be the... Like, my again, my fear is that this comes out and they're like, we're just not going to remake the rest of the game, actually. It's like this is Final Fantasy VII remake. It's that first part of the game. It's what you wanted. There it is. The end. Like we're just, we're just not going to do the rest. <laughs> and I don't know why I think that will happen because I feel like Square Enix is going to make a lot of fucking money off of this game, <laughs> and they're they're probably going to continue to make a lot of money if they continue to put these games out. So I don't know why I have that fear in my head, but I just do. I mean, like the this somewhat president with um fifteen, but um. Yeah, but but you know, I, also the, like 
I don't think there's no way that they're, they're not going to not. This game's going to sell so well. Like, right. like it's going to make so much money. Is the thing like? It, but it's been cool to see like new people. You know, I, I talked about it on the podcast like playing the playing the demo with my roommate. He's like, I really want to play the rest of this. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel the same. You know? Yeah, like <laughs> like it's interesting too. Like, um, you know, mostly I've been um. Not necessarily blackout, but like I'm just not not really listening to other people's opinions about it, and like I'm um, hearing like um listening to OKBs and listening to um um Ian and um Alex play it for the first time, and mm. like it, it's like it's like one of those things where it's like um like hearing hearing Alex's perspective in particular, it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's something I have to, I have to get out of my own head and like see it from his perspective because like 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 it. It, it feels like it doesn't make sense, but it, I know it totally does. But it's like I'm hearing it's like, what are you talking about? You're you're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm not really judging his opinion. It's more of like, like I can't see it from what he is. But like, it's one of those things. I'm so indoctrinated to it, and I know I'm indoctrinated to it that like, mm-hmm. like hearing him sounds like sound like a, like a madman. Like, how can you not think the camera is good? But like, yeah, I could totally. I I know I know the camera is not the best. Like it's stuff, stuff like that, you know. As far as like you know, being surrounded by a bunch of people and like having to like attack them all at once type of thing. And, like Alex said, he was like struggling with that, and like I can understand where he's coming from. from See, that. It's, yeah, because I'm with you. But like the things, I like that stuff, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But, but I don't know if it's because I'm indoctrinated or because like, like when I played the demo, I was like I. I appreciate that this is not easy. Like, I appreciate that I'm taking a lot of damage and I have to heal a lot, but I could be playing better, you know? Like, when mm-hmm. I played it a second time and I basically took a third as much damage and and understood when to move around. I'm like, I, I like that this is a little tough. Um, partly because the original 7 is not very difficult, I don't think, and it, it, that doesn't help by the fact that I know it so well, but... It's Jarrett put it really well of like everyone is just kind of the same character. You just <laughs> kind of put different material on them, mm. right? And now like there is so much more you have to think about. There, there. Everyone has so much more agency and power to do different things, right? And and you you're gonna be wanting to d- use different characters for different situations. And I love that. I and I love that you got stuff going on all around you and you have to be paying attention to it because it almost feels like the more intense kingdom hearts that we never got, you know? Sure. Um, and again, just the way that building meter to do special moves, I think is like cool on its own, but the way that they did it, the way they, they executed on it in this game, I think is so fun. And I, 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 Love the way the shortcuts work. I love the way you can cancel between moves and stuff like like all those little things that make it flow more easily and and like the way that they integrated almost all of my favorite parts about Final Fantasy combat over the years while also creating a totally new action system to to be the baseline for it. It's like somebody like literally made this game for me. <laughs> like I, I've been talking about how I wanted final fantasy C, final fantasy to be action oriented this whole time. And then you get it with 15. And it's like, I'm just holding the button. And it's like, well now you got to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's a good start. But then on top of it, you get shortcuts like kingdom hearts. You get the stagger system, like 13, which, you know, I, I love the combat in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the switching characters. Like they added to 15 that made 15 a better playing 
more fun game and now it's just integrated and it's part of the the dna of this game from the get-go um yeah i I like i there's so much that i think is great uh and speaks to me specifically on a very very intimate level so how long do you think the first game um first this first part's gonna be because like you you see the beginning of this and like like the whole um they took 20 minutes and made it an hour so yeah like an hour an hour and a half um, I would bet it's going to be 20 hours long. People are saying like 40. I don't think it'll be 40. I, I think like mainline story, you're going to get through this in 20 hours, which will be fine. But I think there will be plenty of uh, extra bullshit you can do, which I will do I, all I think of. Yeah, I think it'll be longer than 20. Like, it, it does feel like it'll be. Like I hope it will be. Keep in mind, this is my cynical, like, put on my game journal hat and, and try and, and call shots here. I mean, but like you're going to have like someone po- post out, like I beat this game in 10 hours. Cause totally. I all the cutscenes or whatever. Or I know what to do, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the, there's so the, the thing is like the nice thing is we have seen so much and I think we've seen too much to be fair, but we also haven't seen anything that happens in Shinra tower. And there is so much that happens there. Mm. Uh, and, like, we got to see a little bit of Genova, which is like, okay, I thought that there would probably be a Genova fight in this first part, even though the OG7, there isn't in Midgar. There isn't until uh, you're on the ship for, to Costa del Sol. Um, that's the first Genova fight, but, like, it's not the first time you see Genova. Um, so, like, we know that there will be a Genova fight. We know Hojo will be there. Um, we know Red 13 comes in pretty late into the game uh and is not in much of this game as a whole so i that gives me an idea of like roughly when the game will end but what we don't know is how much extra bullshit will be on the street of midgar and we don't know um like i don't know what the transition from the streets of midgar to shinra tower looks like they they haven't shown any of that yet uh, they showed a little bit of what it what looks like right after the plate falls, but like you know, it's literally in the original game. It's like the plate falls and you're fucking climbing the ropes. Like twenty minutes later, right. not even like five minutes later, you're like putting the batteries in that goddamn thing to get up to the the Shinra Tower. It's like, is that how you're going to get to Shinra Shinra Tower in this game? Is there going to be like a heist mission where you like prepare and then storm the tower or? going through the stairwell are you going to be able to choose to go the stealthy option and run up 400 flights of stairs again or go guns blazing through the front door um yeah so like i i think there, there's still a lot that we don't know and we don't know how we're going to get to a lot of the big scenes in this game so i'm interested um i'm interested more about like <laughs> is weird to say but like uh the politics of the game um when it's like mm. um what as far as far as like the ground level as far as like what what the what the general people think um when like you know you you see explosion you see the mock rocket explosion you didn't you like i'm I'm just wondering like the interaction is like uh just the just the regular npcs are like what they think was happening what do you think of avalanche um do they think it's all avalanche's fault or do you think it's all shinra's fault i don't know if you you ended up listening to max's preview but he talked a little bit about that Oh no, Maximilian didn't. Um, well, he did the the part one where he uh like played through the demo for an hour and fifty five minutes. I don't know if you watched that, but Uh he has um one of the scenes that they cut from the demo. He shows that in that, which was very interesting. 
had me pushing my glasses up real high. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, and then he did like a preview part after, and it's like him going through some of the footage that he had from chapter two, which is right after the reactor explodes and like a little bit past that. So he talks about that if you want to hear it, but it's some of it sounds pretty cool. So you might want to wait uh, until the game's out. Um, but yeah, I, I want to know that the, when I saw the end of that demo and obviously they were like, Oh, Shinra blew up the reactor. It's like, that's what I thought they were going to do because that is canon. That's what happens in the game. Mm. but it's it's very subtle how they it was only like on my fourth playthrough I, I was like oh they totally do lay the groundwork for this where like after um in seventh heaven when he talked to jesse she's like i don't know what happened like i did the formula exactly right but the bomb was way bigger than i thought it was gonna be i was like oh they're like totally implying that like something went wrong something happened that they didn't expect like they didn't want it to go this bad mm-hmm but, you know, I'm I'm curious to see the characters reconcile that. I want to see if... And, you know, President Shinra does say at the end of the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII, like, hey, yeah, we manipulated you the whole time to, to our benefits. Like, okay. Right. They, they were very explicit about this, but it was, like, in a non-voice-acted video game where it's two throwaway lines of dialogue, I understand why people are like, yeah, but that, that doesn't matter. It's like, no, they're going to make that probably... A, a lot more of the story this time around. Uh, um, weird question. Do you think they're showing Sephiroth a little bit too much? It depends on how he appears in this game. That's that's where I'm... Because, like, you know, spoilers again. If it, 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 We're already there, but, like, the Sephiroth that you... Fo- you follow a Sephiroth-appearing figure throughout... Almost all of Final Fantasy VII, it turns out it's not Sephiroth, it's Genova. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like because you fight Genova in this first part. So, presumably, that's just the fight from Costa del Sol. But then, like, do you see Sephiroth and then it cuts off a part of itself and that turns into Genova and that turns into a monster that you fight? Because that's what they kind of implied it looked like before, but like also the Genova Sephiroth weird mutagen thing is like flying and floating through ceilings and walls throughout all of Final Fantasy VII because we're looking at little Popeye people and it didn't fucking matter back then. So (laughs) if I I love Cloud hallucinating about Sephiroth all the fucking time because like I love that I think that's great and it it will because you don't not until like seven hours in to Final Fantasy VII are you like, does Cloud even really know this guy? And then you you find out, like, at the end, he doesn't, right? Like, mm-hmm. like he, he doesn't really know. He very rarely had one-on-one time with Sephiroth at all, so it's weird that they're rivals. So them building it up that it's uh, it's more in his head because like, Sephiroth is physically in his body, to some extent, uh, via Genova. I, I think that that is cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's fine that they're showing a lot of Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. As long as... It, and it seems like it's pretty explicit that it is a hallucination. My, I'm worried about, like... Because in the demo, you see, like, the black feather come down and disappears. I'm like, are they going to, like, keep the weird one-winged angel black feather thing going? Because, like... Yeah. Were, you, you should probably explain why Sephiroth has a wing. And, like, he doesn't really have wings anywhere outside of... <laughs> like anywhere in Final Fantasy 7 OG. Like he doesn't really actually have wings. 
Uh, so if he's going to have wings in this game, you better give me an explanation because he has wings and all the other bullshit, but mm. we don't have to, <laughs> this doesn't have to be that, you know? Um, so as long as like they kind of tie it together and maybe explain a little bit more explicitly what the fuck's going on with his weird wing, uh, then, then we'll be fine. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'll be fine. Mm. I, I'm, I'm worried about Sephiroth and Aerith's relationship, right? Like, because they didn't really have one until she becomes an obstacle in his way. Right. So I'm worried that they'll have too much of a history or something that it seems like that that's what they might be implying with the stuff they've shown. That has me a little concerned, but outside of that, no, I'm not worried. Are you worried? No. Um, like you, like, like you said, like, um, I eat up at, like any scene, like, um, cloud, just like, um, uh, losing it, I, just yeah, breaking like, I guess uh, Seth Ruff, yeah, like that. I, I eat that stuff up, so like totally. um, I'm not worried. About, I'm not worried, worried. Not really worried about that. Um, like obviously, I, I think about Zach like constantly every day. I love Zach, yeah. but like, is it, um, will we see Zach in this first game? Do you think? I don't think so. I think we'll see one shot of Zach. No voice, not yet, but I think we will see. I, I would bet, like, toward the end, if we do get the fla- the flashback with, with Cloud retelling the story from Nibelheim, mm. I would bet that maybe the player will see some fucked up shit with Zack in that, but Cloud won't necessarily consciously know. See, it. real talk with Final Fantasy VII, the, 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 he's so vague in that fucking game, it pisses me off. I love that game to death. But, like, it, it, it makes me mad. They're gonna uh, add, there's going to be way more Zack in the collection of, of Final Fantasy VII Remake, because we've I, gotten Crisis Core, you know? I know! But, like, I, I also feel like that kind of ruins it because it's my dumb fanfic bullshit. Because it's, like, it, 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 you know, like, it's, like, like, with, like, with Aerith and Zack and, like, all that shit. It's just, like, yeah. you know, she mentions she had a boyfriend and, like, and, like, she was cloud with someone. But that's, like, pretty much it. Like, I, they don't need to do that, but I kind of want them to do that, but they don't need to do that. Like, uh, it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you don't, you don't really need to, like, put more of that lore into it. Like it's fine. But My like, hope, uh, I don't know, man. I'm so conflicted no, about. It. I get, I get it, and it's weird for me too because like I'm, I was a seven fan first, then a Crisis Core fan, right? And you're the opposite, so mm. it's it's tough for me because like I don't, I'm not very invested in Zach to be perfectly honest, right? Like mm-hmm. he he is knockoff Cloud to me, whereas like Cloud is literally knockoff Zach. <laughs> Um, so like, I, but like, you know, I came at it from Cloud's story and, and his perspective. So he was like a very interesting thing that you wanted to know more about from Final Fantasy VII. And that's why I love that there was a lot of restraint used with that character in the original game. It's frustrating if you know that character's story and, and they have a big story and all that. But I'm hoping that in part three or part two or wherever they do it, when you finally get to go to Shinra Mansion and see that scene that you never got to see when you played the original seven, where you learn about how Zack and Cloud worked together to escape and they were friends and, and Zack gave Cloud his sword as is like, you're going to carry on my legacy. Um, like I'm hoping that you get that and you get to play as Zack and Zack plays like Cloud does in Final Fantasy seven remake part one, mm. because that's when he is like, fully Zack, and then Cloud plays differently by the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but when you get to see that scene and you get to play as Zack and do maybe the whole, like, Shinra Troopers attacking the armor truck and, and, and Zack gets shot down, like, play that endless fight or whatever, that he plays like you play, like the game played the, in the very first part, because that would be 
one of those ways to like time mechanics to narrative storytelling in a really really cool way so i th- i think they will do your boy justice throughout the the set of games it's just not it's not going to be in that first game mm. but i think we'll get a hint we'll we'll see a shot of zach at least once maybe the from the back or something i don't know cuz i don't need that advent children bullshit man i don't need no. that <laughs> Dude, what if they add Advent Children as a playable epilogue, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of curious if they'll like decanonize Advent Children by the end of this game. I should really rewatch Advent Children because Mike like, is it, Mike is going to rewatch it. Oh no, I saw I saw it, that. So you should um, do that. But like, I th- I think I think funnily enough, yeah, it totally it is. Um, Advent Children was the first Final Fantasy thing I've ever seen. And it was that. Then it was Crisis Core. Not and even Spirits was... Within. Oh no, I never, I never seen that movie. Oh, you're you're good. <laughs> oh, I know, I'm good. <laughs> I've seen it multiple times, <laughs> like four times, I think. Ah, uh, what is wrong with me? Uh, Steve Buscemi is in that movie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's a voice in that movie. Uh, but what were you saying? Oh, I, I don't even remember. Um. Something, uh, Advent Children was the first Final Fantasy, anything you saw. Yeah, and then it was Crisis Core, and then it was um, 7, so like, um, obviously I watched Advent Children just for the spectacle of it, I had, I had no idea what was going on, or who these characters were. Um, like only thing I, stigma, you know? Like, the only thing I re- really remember from um, Final Fantasy 7 was just like, everyone was like, very dour, and Cloud had no emotions. Um, and that, <laughs> and it's kind of like, um... And that's kind of like like when we talked about Final Fantasy VII, like um when I when I beat it for the first time, like how like I was so impressed how like um how great a character Cloud is, yeah, like how emotive he actually was. Um, and that's then, like, why like this demo is like so awesome because it's like oh no, they're like they're not doing Advent Children bullshit Cloud, they're doing real actual Cloud. Like like when when it's all said and done, and like when Cloud regains his actual self, like I'm wondering like. Like his facial expression, like I'm, I, that's that's the thing I want to see. Like that's that's my totally. end goal is just to see like how he carries himself and like how weird that might be for him just to be like himself again. Like totally, um, but like that that scene on the high wind after they save Cloud after Tifa, but like that whole scene where Tifa saves Cloud and is going through his memories with him and like, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna figure out who you are. Don't worry. Like, that's going to be such a great thing. And I'm excited to see how mechanically they do that. Maybe that's, like, a good time for, like, a platforming section or whatever. But, like, that scene right after on the high wind where Cloud is talking to everyone, he's like, you know, I don't really know who I am or if I'm even cut out for this, and I'm sorry for for taking you. Like, that scene where we finally... Cloud talks to everybody just, like, as himself for the first Mm -hmm. time. And it's, like, this really... He makes himself so vulnerable... And, like, everyone, like, rallies behind him because they're his friends. And, like, that's the moment you're like, oh, this this is a family. Like, this is a party together. Mm-hmm. Like, that is one of my most anticipated scenes. And, like, we're so far from seeing that. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but, like, that is such a powerful moment. And I, the, the nice thing is seeing how they are doing Cloud as that kind of cocky, smarmy dude. And they're giving him a lot of personality and a lot of room to grow and show his feeling in a more subtle way. Like I know by the time we get there, we'll have been on such a journey with him and I'll have seen all of those points of his character done well. And like, then we'll get that, that nice little ending to like, here's who I am. And I actualize, I've, I've realized who I am. I've become myself again. And 
we will have earned it. It'll be so emotional. So I, I'm really excited. And I love the, the voice actor they got for him. So like, I am oh, yeah. ex- excited to see where he goes with it. So yeah, there's again, like the scenes I'm looking forward to the most, almost the, the one in the first game that I'm looking forward to seeing are like the, the final shot, obviously right after the plate falls is, is one uh, where where Seventh Heaven is is and then Barrett thinks Marlene is dead and he's and Biggs and Wedge and Jesse are dead and it's like it, like the stakes just pour over the team and you're like oh my fucking god <laughs> like this is so devastating um, the cross dressing scene for sure all of Don Cornelio and all that stuff uh-huh. um, and then the the scene that I want to see the most from part one is when the you're in the prison cells in Shinra Tower and the doors open and you go through the research area and there's blood slashed across all the walls and people dead everywhere. Like that is the the moment in this first game that I'm looking forward to the most. But like all the other scenes, like Red Thirteen's stuffing himself into the sailor's outfit <laughs> in the boat, in the like the transit, meeting Yuffie, meeting meeting Vincent, I'm so excited for. Shinra Mansion, uh meeting uh Sid for the first time and seeing how the fuck they're gonna translate his weird, like, casual abuse of his girlfriend, I guess, uh <laughs> to um. like you know, like w- what Sid is gonna look and behave like at all. Like I'm just so excited because I know they'll probably fucking Sid is it. such a weird case. Like like, yeah, they're, I, they're I, gonna wreck on a lot of stuff with Sid, dude. He, cause like, <laughs> no, because like, like honestly, like, like all his English interpretations, like they never really matched in my head what I think like he would sound like or even talk like, like almost every one. So like, I'm just curious how like um he carries himself in that game, like more than anybody else, honestly. Like um he seems like such a like, cause like he seems like an old man. Or he's, he's kind of old. He's very crotchety, yeah. Yeah, but, like, he, I don't think he's that old. But, like, he's kind of like a, like a like mid-30s or late-40s guy. Um, so, like, like I just, I'm just curious, like, how that character is going to be. Or Kate Sith, dude. Again, Kate Sith is, like, is Kate Sith the cat or the, the mog or both? Or, like, will Kate Sith play and function completely differently? Because they must. They have to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is Kate Sith going to have the Scottish accent that he did in Advent Children? Um, is it going to be explicit to the player that it's actually Reeve? Like, you know, all the, all these kind of things that we don't really know. Um, when Kate Sith dies to get the black materia, what does that even look like? <laughs> when, when the ancient temple turns into the black materia and crushes Kate Sith, like, how does that go? What is, is that a, is that a scene? Does that happen? Do you still fight the wall <laughs> in that temple? Like, do you still fight the dragon and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the the Dine and Barrett, like, them meeting again is, like, one of my most anticipated moments for sure. Um, you know, everything with Tifa. All of, T- <laughs> all of Tifa. Uh, yeah, all of the scenes that I'm I'm looking forward to the most are, almost all of them are not in this first game, so... I think that's that's the frustration. That's the the point of frustration. But again, I, I believe that they'll do them well. It's just like I can think of the one thing I'm looking forward to the most, and that's Sephiroth like massacring all of Shinra Tower, and then you going up to President Shinra's office, and he's got the fucking mass immune sticking out of his chest, right? Like, is that still going to happen? Is that that 
is that going to be such a great moment because they're going to build that character up to be essentially the main antagonist of this first game and then he'll be dead by the time you get to him and then you are you going to fight Rufus right afterwards like you do in the game mm-hmm. um and is that going to be a one-on-one fight with Cloud like it was in the game or are they going to change it you know is that going to be the final boss of this game instead of the the weird motorcycle dude like that motorcycle scene is gonna be like a set piece, right? Like totally. But they're gonna do it multiple times in this game. So that's the, that's the thing. So like, I don't know how good it's gonna be. Cause like, I you, you, we seen like in the trailer that you have combat during it and everything. So like, of Jesse on, on on your back. Um. So mm-hmm. like, um, um, I don't know how big of a. Cause like, what what are the set pieces gonna be? Like, um, when they fight a boss on the elevator, wasn't that? Yes, yeah, so there there's a great elevator boss fight. But the the thing about that fight is like that was always. <laughs> That was all, all teaching you like how long range material worked, right? Because you were on an oh. elevator and they were on an elevator and you had melee attackers that couldn't attack it. They'd have to use magic and stuff. And that was like the first time you had a, a tricky fight where you couldn't just attack the boss. Mm. Um, but like that whole part's cool because Cloud fights Rufus and Rufus is weird dog. <laughs> and then the you have to create another party that then Tifa Barrett uh, and Aerith or Red 13 or whatever they go and fight that that mechanized uh unit in the elevator on the way down to secure the escape route so like is that i think that'll totally be a set piece i think the rufus fight will either be the actual final boss of the game or the another set piece um they're adding that genova fight so where does that happen is there still going to be the weird tentacle boss that uh hojo is trying to get to attack Aerith and red 13 in that in like that glass case and then you have to go in and fight it is that Mm -hmm. still gonna be a fight um yeah i I think there will be plenty of set pieces though like the one i think of probably the biggest set piece i would bet in this game uh will either be like the escape sequence when you're on the bike because i imagine that'll be above ground where all the other ones are going to be below ground so that'll feel and look different Mm -hmm. but um the climbing the tower to the support beam of the plate and fighting uh, Reno and Rude at the top of the plate and then the plate falling, I think is going to be the big, the big moment of the game. Mm. The big, I think the most spectacle that you're going to see in that whole game. So I think it like them, they ride that like support cable. They like <laughs> George of the jungle, like swing out from under the plate and then it crashes right behind. Right, them, so. right, right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll do that. I don't think there will be a George of the Jungle swing, but uh, I, think, I think I think there literally is that. <laughs> God, I hope so. That'd be so great. But it, like you know, are they going to jump on Barrett's shoulders? Probably not. But they'll they'll all kind of jump on, and I think that'll be fun. Huh. Just like I, I'm so excited to hear the music when you go to Aerith's house for the first time. You know, uh-huh. I'm so excited to hear the rest of the music, <laughs> like above almost anything. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, is that everything? Do we yeah, cover it all? I, I think I'm spent. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, a lot of concern. There's a lot to be worried about, but the, I, you know, we're us sitting here talking it out, and and hopefully this was cathartic for anybody listening as well as it certainly was for me. Um, I, again, I will say like I am genuinely not worried. I don't think they're gonna fuck it up. I think they're they might get cut some stuff that I was particularly attached to, just because I like the the kind of roaming the open world stuff. But I, I don't think they're going to make a mistake in how they readapt parts of this game. I, I genuinely think that they they get it, they get the characters, they get the story, and as long as they can finish it, like they they'll tell a, a really complete 
really spectacular reimagining of this story. I was thinking about, like, I don't know if there is a game that deserves to be remade like this as much as this game. And I know that's maybe a bold statement, but I'm, like, thinking about, like, there are a few for sure, but, like, the kind of reaction that this game gets, like, it's just one in a million, you know? I think, like, the only thing that I could come up the, off the top of my head that could do, you could do this kind of from the ground remake, reimagine the combat system, make every single detail 20 minutes longer. The game that you could do that with is Ocarina of Time, and I think that's it. Like, that's the only one I could think of. Mm. Um, and I think that would also be incredible. <laughs> so just throwing it out there, Nintendo, if you want to do a Final Fantasy VII remake style remake of Ocarina of the Time, uh, I think that would be, I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> But, like, yeah. I did, the last thing I'll say of, like, and I, I said it on the most recent podcast, just seeing this game done exactly the way I would want it to, to be done if I could throw infinite money at any one video game is, like, satisfying in a way that I don't know how to convey with words to the point where like I much like Maximilian dude and, and probably you to some extent and a lot of people out there like it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that this is real mm-hmm. and like there is no greater joy than living in a reality where something that you are super into is real <laughs> and just loving it uh, and I, that is the luckily the reality we get to live in with Final Fantasy 7 cool Good talk, Namashin. Yeah. Sorry, I, f- I feel like I talked way too much on this one. I mean, like, uh, the thing about Final Fantasy VII is, like, it's, it's, a, it's a game that, like, I adore and I really like, but, like, I, I can't really talk deeply about. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's, I didn't I, I'm, memorize. I'm very, like... I'm very top level with that game as far as, like, um, when, I, when I say top level, I mean, like, icing on a cake. Like, you're, like, you're the inside. You're, like, you're, you're all, you're all <laughs> I'm up all in there. the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, three layers over here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I... I the thing is, like, people don't, maybe not, don't know, but, like, once you get me talking, like, I know every detail of that game so, so well. That's why, like, I'm I'm so critical of the remake, but also I think it speaks to how satisfied I am with how they're doing it and, and that people that like this game should be excited, you know? I, I genuinely believe that, so. Cool. Uh, if, if folks listening like this, please uh, subscribe here to IP Presents. Nobish and I talk uh, about stuff like this all the time. And uh, you check out our other conversations where we talked about gaming histories, Kingdom Hearts with some friends, and we made bets on the the new year, some of which I already got wrong. <laughs> uh, um, some of, one, the Alex uh, Half Life Alex one, I I got wrong before it even posted. <laughs> uh, but that was it was a blind attempt. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, so yes. So oh, go ahead. Suggestions if you want us to talk about something in particular. Like oh a, yeah. Oh, Totally. I, and the thing is, like, people, I know people listen to these, and, and we've got, I got, I get some good feedback about, like, oh, I really liked you guys talking about that. Yeah, if you want us to talk about anything in particular in the realm of the video game space, just just let us know. I can't guarantee we'll be as interested in talking about it, but we'll at least give it an open mind and shot. Yeah, like, the only thing we'll promise you is that we'll talk about it until, like, we're done talking about it. Because, like, that's, that's just literally all I want. It's like, I just want to talk about it as much as I can. Just gotta get it out. Until, until <laughs> like, I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. Um, so subscribe, uh, follow, uh, check out rationalpatch.com, follow Nobishin at Nobishin186 on Twitter. I'm at Alfighter27. Uh, and uh, have a good day. Goodbye.